Start the week with Unmade. Setting the agenda for the week in media and marketing. Today, Foxtel's next big thing. DDB doubles down on digital. And ARN woos Kyle and Jackie O. Unmade. It's Monday, July 31. I'm A Beauty and good morning, Tim Burrows. Good morning, Abe. Good morning from the mainland. I'm back in Sydney. How was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was good. My wife's headed to uh, the US for a few days for a leadership conference. So it's me and the kids. So plenty on, but not quite as probably as exciting as your weekend. Tell me, you and you and Sedja were uh, at the at the uh, the football last night. Yes, that's right. And Sedja, I'll invite you to come in on this part of the conversation as well. Yeah, no, we were uh, we were guests of 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 Optus for Germany versus Colombia, which um, I um I thought was a tremendous game. But I guess I'm a bit more into football than you, Sedja. That was your first ever football game. <laughs> you know, for someone who doesn't know the first thing about sport, I had an incredible time. It was just remarkable. The whole atmosphere in the stadium. There was more than forty thousand people in the crowd and uh, yeah I didn't know what was going on but I still had a lot of fun was it the atmosphere that made it exciting was that what made it did you you'll have to ask Tim (laughs) (laughs) look I I think it was that but also as a England fan as well as a Matildas fan England has had a long long history of losing heartbreakingly to the Germans so perhaps I felt some extra joy in seeing the the Germans lose very, very late in the game as well. So I, I, uh, that probably added an extra free son. But yes, it was. I've never been in a stadium where there's been such a reaction to a goal because it felt like, you know, most of those forty thousand people were Colombian fans. Um, and you chose the uh, the football over the logies. That's a big call for a media and marketing journo. Yes, the lo. The Logies returned to uh, Sydney last night and switched over to um, the Seven Network as well. So a lot to um, a, a, a lot depends on whether that whether the ratings are good uh, when they come in a little bit later this morning to tell us uh, to tell us whether that was a good decision or not. Um, the, uh, the the gossip I hear so far is that. The fact there was only one network after party, so everybody was, I'm told, circling awkwardly around each other in packs. So um, that 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 was one twist. Um, I read, and I'm also told that the Daryl Summers kind of weird ending for the Gold Logie, which was picked up by Sonia Kruger, um, kind of was a bit of a damp squib. Um, but yeah, um, maybe depending how we go on the recording, the ratings may even come in before we finished up, up. So we we might return to that topic at the uh, at, uh, at the end. But uh, but where should we start? Well, let's start with uh, the Age in the Sydney Morning Herald, a new offering from Foxtel. It's called Project Magneto, and I hope I've pronounced that correctly. But what do we know? Yes, which I think, um, if memory serves, Magneto is one of the bad guys from the X Men. I think oh, I so. I presume that that's uh, yeah. I presume that's where it comes from because I guess that was probably a uh, Fox Studios production. Now, obviously, um, separate ownership these days, but back in the day, Fox Studios used to be part of the Foxtel family. So it's not the first time we've heard the phrase um, Project Magneto, um, and. Some of the um, a kind of previous vibe was 
maybe this was a project about merging the offerings of binge and ko which will come up but uh there's a little bit more detail today as you say in the age and the city morning herald from callum jaspin has been talking to the uh boss of um foxtel patrick delaney who hasn't given much away but sort of is is I guess doing a couple of things ahead of um, results season, which kicks off in a couple of... Well, it's, it's kicked off already, but really gets going in Australia properly in a couple of weeks. Um, one of which is managing expectations about subscription growth, kind of basically saying there wouldn't be any. So we're we're moving into that thing that Mark Zuckerberg Berg has been calling the year of efficiency, where everyone focuses on profits rather than than growth, and that includes with the subscription players. So it's about getting more out of your um, existing subscribers, but more specifically, there's just a bit more detail about Project Magneto, which which is much more about the device and the navigation. So there's a product in the UK called Sky Glass, which is all about the the navigation built into the television. So you're actually buying the hardware. Um, So that uh, that is the underlying kind of system behind what I think they're going to launch here. What's not clear is whether it's going to be 100 percent built into the television or whether there'll be some sort of box or navigation separate. But he's talking up the, the ease of which, if you've got multiple subscriptions, for instance, you can you can manage them all in one place, which which there are already other players. So there's Fetch have been here the longest. Um, obviously, Foxtel does offer that increasingly through their box. Optus Subhub as well, I think, are another service that offer kind of curation and collection of subscriptions yeah that's correct um yeah subhub probably started i suppose about two years back now so that that's been another way for people to kind of manage all their subscriptions in one place via optus so there there are a number of the players in that space um i suppose where it comes in for instance is you know as you know i'm a big fan of formula one i um uh, and I always find it a bit irritating when I when I watch it and all of the commentators, because they take the English commentary, are all, and now on your Sky Glass, you can, you know, ride with each of the individual drivers. Only, of course, at the moment, you can't in Australia. So maybe um, maybe when uh, Project Magneto comes along, uh, that, that sort of um, capability might be there. But, um, but yeah, look, you know, in the main, it was uh, a bit of a... We're still working on it, but you're going to have to wait and see, seemed to be the message. That's a big play. They'll have to work, but you would think with the television manufacturers, your Samsungs, your LGs of the world, if it's going to be built in to the, to the kind of to the software of the TV. Yeah, look, and my understanding is they're literally, ma- certainly in the UK, they're literally manufacturing the televisions themselves, which of course takes you into quite a narrow um, niche right then, because of course... It's a very, very competitive set. So you need to, you know, you, you have people at a whole number of different price points. So so I, I, I'm not sure I fully understand the ecosystem there, but it definitely does feel like the new battleground is it's around the operating system, you know, and that's also important, I think, when it comes to um, uh, the free-to-air streaming services, the sort of broadcast video on demand as well, because... It's all about the findability of the services. So, you know, whoever um, whoever owns the menu 
owns the viewer, I suppose. I still think that uh, the free-to-air networks need to have one service where their content is all curated with one kind of app. And I know that it's hard for from a sales piece, but I just think for the consumer, there are too many apps to choose from. And be, when there's so many, then you have this paralysis of, of analysis, I think. Is this too much? What do I do? I'll just go to Netflix, you know, because the, the branding that they have. Anyway, that's that's just my thought. But so sticking with subscription television, there's new data in the SMH showing a trend in streaming subscriptions. What's that trend? What's that data saying? Yeah, so this comes from Cantar. Uh, they do a quarterly survey. So this is in the, the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age. And uh, the next set of data is released on Wednesday. Now, one thing to bear in mind is because this is a survey of consumers... Uh, it relies on people answering the question and then kind of from there, um, you know, making conclusions about what that actually means at scale. So it's not the same as if these organisations released their data themselves. But that said, Cantor's estimation is that um, uh, they're, they're, there's still a fair amount of churn going on in the market. So although there were 1.6 million new subscriptions uh, in the quarter compared to the same time a year before, there were 1.25 million cancellations. So that's 1.6 million new subs, but 1.25 million cancellations. So still growth, but that's a lot of churning. Um, and the, I think the thing that's really kind of most interesting in the survey is that um, what subscribers uh, or, or what viewers have, um, have, have, have told Kantar in the survey is that Paramount Plus, um, which is um, the, the one that's most closely aligned to, to the, 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 the people who do 10 as the free-to-air network, and KO and Binge, which are both part of Foxtel, both grew their subscribers by more than 10%. But um, just as interestingly, because this, this goes against the global trend, Netflix, according to this survey, actually saw a big decline in uh, users, both year on year and quarter on quarter. So Netflix down by about 9%, um, which is followed by Disney Plus was down about 8%, and Stan, owned by 9 down by about 6%. Now, the, the Stan number, we might get a few more clues on in a couple of weeks when 9 does its um, uh, end-of-year update, although they've always been a bit cagey in giving exact numbers. So if, if memory serves correctly, it's been sort of hovering around 2.4 million subscribers or something like that for for a while now. But but given that Stan was Nine's growth story, if they do have to fess up to a 6% decline in subscribers, then I could see that, you know, causing some sort of hit on the share price in a couple of weeks. Next, can Omnicon tick the boxes on creativity and data? Let's turn now to the Australian. The headline is Performance Marketing Agency Rap Opens in Australia. Yeah, that's... Um, and I have to admit, I'm just hesitating ever so slightly there because one of the nature of obviously doing this podcast is as a sort of, you know, what's breaking in the media and marketing news on a Monday morning is that sometimes I don't fully have an opportunity to check these things out because I, you know, back when it was known as Wav Rap Collins... Um, which, 
you know, rap was was a presence in Australia before. So I hadn't actually been aware it had gone away. Um, so I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure whether that means I I suspect it's more of a relaunch because having a very quick glance on LinkedIn, I can see a, a few people were were already employed by rap, particularly in Melbourne. Um, but but you know it's it, it's worth talking about what what's interesting about rap, which is um it's a sister agency to uh, DDB most closely creative agency. Um, and um, I guess with a holding company like Omnicom, you, you, you've got your specialist sort of um, kind of digital specialising agencies, although of course everything's digital these days, that come out of the media side. But this comes more more closely from the creative side. And that's that's the interesting thing about this piece in The Australian. So they they are making the point that um, they're... they're announcing Paul Blocky as the newly appointed managing director of RAP Australia. Um, now, again, looking at his LinkedIn profile, he has he has been in Australia for a while, but in more of an APAC role. Um, but, but yeah, but the, uh, the point of difference and the, the interesting quote about what RAP does is it's about um, uh, targeting the individual, and I think that's the, uh, the 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 sort of point of difference for why arguably you still get a kind of more digitally focused agency, even when they sit next to um, a creative agency like DDB, which is having its own new start with Stephen DeWolf coming in to kind of lead creative and um, uh, Cheryl Marjoram coming back over from the UK to kind of run the group, uh, the, the wider DDB group. So there, there are changes afoot and this does feel like it ties into it. But, um, but yeah, I'm, from from the from this article i'm not a hundred percent sure that this is a brand new agency in quite the way that the headline might imply so a question that's i guess is an interesting one to think about does data and retargeting uh, sit comfortably next to ad creativity and tim you, you wrote on on the weekend about a bit of a dodgy experience you'd had with that what are your thoughts <laughs> yeah look i i think that's the thing is it almost feels like you've 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 got things happening in almost two lanes. You have your kind of you know those terrible ads that follow you around the web. You know once you've clicked on something once that are never particularly creative but can be effective, I suppose, because they know what you've been up to. And the thing you're um, you're referring to there was yeah I um I bought um I bought a television um a few days back a Samsung TV the frame that one that sits on the wall and is supposed to look like a like a painting when it's when it's not being a television um but then i was just followed by ads around the web all about how people often regret buying too small a television so obviously designed to catch people when they're in decision making mode on what size to buy but because i just bought the television and the retargeting had happened because i because i'd been on samsung's website as part of the buying process it seemed counter, completely counterproductive to me, which is what, what I wrote about in Unmade, because 
all that happened was I'd made my decision, I paid my money, and now I was being bombarded with brand messages telling me what a terrible mistake I'd made. So and just to emphasize that wasn't um that, that 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 wasn't an ad as as far as I know, I don't think it was rap that did that ad, but they're in that kind of that space where you want to combine targeting consumers with creative thoughts and effective thoughts. So um so, you know, when it works it's very effective. And hey, you know, Maybe they don't care about having kind of put me off because I'd already paid. And if they get a few people to upgrade the size of their television, they might not mind too much. But it is the sort of example of where, you know, just because you can do something um, with with, with cookies and retargeting doesn't automatically mean you should. Next, ARN really wants to impress Kyle and Jackie O. ARN have been wooing Kyle and Jackie O with a flattering message in the skies. That's in the AFR today, Tim, and that sounds bizarre. Yes, it is. And the AFR are actually picking up on a story that B&T broke, I think, a few days before that. So, yeah, the headline in the AFR, ARN buys skywriting to impress Kyle and Jackie O. So, um, so, so yeah, this... This refers to, yeah, a bit of sign writing in the sky. Kiss is KJ. Now, um, this was over North Sydney, um, which a a couple of thoughts occurs. Obviously, as we have talked about previously, um, the contract is up for Carl Sanderlands and Jackie O, I think at the end of next year. So it's not super imminent, but when there's such an important kind of pairing for the... Uh, for 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 Kiss right now, but for any radio network, you can see why um, you know you you want to lock them in early, particularly as there's speculation that Southern Cross or Stereo could go after them. And I think the thing that um, kind of amuses me about the fact that there was this was for a meeting in North Sydney is firstly, isn't it interesting that the management is sitting down with them already? So, you know, clearly they are getting there early. They're, they're really trying to, 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 to lock it in. And um, the other thing is, um, is something I wrote about um, when I, uh, when I wrote uh, Media I Made, the book, because we, we, we did a, a little bit on the move of um, uh, Kyle and Jackie O away from um, Southern Cross Stereo to Kiss, and uh, one of the anecdotes we talked about was when um, uh, Kieran Davis, ARN, and his team were were wooing them. They hired a room at um, Ridges in North Sydney, the hotel, to kind of have the meeting with them. Which um, so I'm amused that they're back in North Sydney. You know, maybe just for old times' sake for that meeting. Uh, although the the thing was, it turned out when they got there, they'd accidentally actually hired the ballroom. So they ended up just having sort of the the four or five of them ar- around a table in the middle of this kind of empty ballroom, which I think at the time made them uh, suspicious that perhaps um, uh, Carl was actually doing some sort of radio stunt on them and it wasn't a serious conversation. But uh, but yes, that was just one of the things that went awry on the way. But but yeah, I I can't think of another radio negotiation, though, where someone would go to that level of trouble to impress but also i guess i can't think of somebody who has the ego who might just be impressed by that 
But I was also thinking, what if he was, what if Kyle was behind this? What if it's part of actually driving up the price of their contract, leaking these stories to the media about their contracts or they might go back to SCA? What if that's part of a play to actually up their price? I mean, it could be. Well, looking at you know that that is the nature of any talent negotiation is the more you can feel that you know there's a there's some competitive tension and that somebody else wants you then the the you know the the better result you're likely to do. I I um I watched some footage of um uh, Kyle flying back in I think to Sydney. Um, and just being kind of interviewed at the airport by, you know, kind of one of those paparazzis walking backwards with his video camera. And the quote from Carl on that was, where there's a till, there's a way, um, which which sort of some, some, summed up his attitude. So, but it, hey, look, it kind of works. You know, what other radio duo would we bother to talk about on, 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 on this podcast you know because they make the weather they make the weather for the sector and it's still it it blows me away that a couple in their um you know the age that they are is still hitting a, a chr a younger demographic as strongly as they are i don't know if that's the way anywhere else in the world it's it's amazing really they kind of age of the personalities on such a young formatted station and how well they continue to do it's um pretty incredible really yeah the only one i can think of there's anything similar is howard stern and obviously that's on sort of satellite radio which we don't have here but you know it's i guess it's about the personalities and the conversation which 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 crosses the you know the age boundaries a bit more you know it's certainly the one thing it's not about is the music policy up next, the ratings are in, and how did the Logies fare? Unmade. Tim, the ratings for last night have just dropped. How did Seven and the Logies fare? They have, and this is just top line at the moment, so just the metro ratings, as in the five capital cities. So I think Seven will be fairly happy. Um Total metro audience, this is just the overnight numbers, so this doesn't include streaming or regional, 877,000. So that was the top entertainment show of the night, just behind the um, Seven News that got a very similar number, um, which which really sees Seven then dominate the night because the Logies Red Carpet was the next biggest show. Um, Nine's biggest player was The Ashes. They had 559,000, which again is pretty good. Um, you know, considering uh, we're, we're, we're right towards the end of things now. Um, and a bit of a disappointing night for Network 10. Hunted their Sunday night episode, 322,000 in uh, total people. And then when we dive into the demographics, um, which is of great interest to advertisers, um, let's start with, I think, 25.54, which is uh, the place where people tend to... Uh, to, to decide as the advertising battleground, very Logie strong. Logie's in the top two slots, um, then seven news and nine news with the Ashes fifth. Uh, so that was a very, again, strong performance for the Logies. And when we look in 1639, which is the other one um, that matters to advertisers, Logie's there as well. So it was a good night for seven. So the Tim, the Logies are not dead yet. 
Yeah, no, that's that's very true. Like, I think with those numbers, we can be pretty confident that uh, that they've got a few more years left in them. I one of one of the tweets I enjoyed last night, if we can still call them tweets, now that it's X. What are they, by the way? Are they X's? Are they kisses? Or, Tim? or do you pronounce it maybe with a like pronounce it X E E T Zeets maybe? But yeah, one of the ones uh, one of the ones I enjoyed last night was from Rob McKnight um, from TV Black Box, who obviously was watching the In Memoriam section. And um, and his comment was that moment when you wonder if you'd make it into the memoriam section, which uh, which I guess would be a question for anyone who is in that room. Well, that's it for today. We'd love to hear what you think at letters at unmade.media. That's letters at unmade.media. And said you'll be back tomorrow with Choose Data, tackling the findings so far starting in the US from earnings season. And you'll find Choose Data is for our paying members only. Don't forget, if you want to support Unmade, you can become a paying member. Go to unmade.media to find out how. There's also just two weeks left to get your early bird tickets for our retail media conference in Sydney, Remade. Go to remade.net.au to get your tickets. Today's podcast was produced with the usual enthusiastic support of Abe's Audio. See you next time. Toodle pit. Unmade. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio.